Welcome to the 2020 Federal Executive Forum Series on Federal News Network, proudly celebrating 15 years. Here's your host, Luke McCormick. Good afternoon and welcome to the show. I'm Luke McCormack. During today's show, we will discuss continuous diagnostic and mitigation, aka CDM, with government and industry leaders. With me on today's show are Kevin Cox, CDM Program Manager at CISA, James Saunders, Chief Information Security Officer at SBA, Gary Stevens, Executive Director, Information Security Policy and Strategy at the Department of Veterans Affairs. Jim Richberg, Field Chief Information Security Officer at Fortinet. Egon Rinderer, Chief Technology Officer and Global VP of Technology at Tanium. And David Ray, Chief Technology Officer, Microfocus Government Solutions. Well, you know, depending on who you talk to, the, they'll say, you know, the, all, all that matters is knowing what's on the network and uh, ID management is, uh, is uh, the most important thing. Data is the new oil and uh, we need to encrypt it. If you're not zero trust, you're not secure, all these things matter. And uh, what's been interesting is to watch all of these capabilities be accounted for in this program that has evolved called CDM. Let's start with you, Kevin Cox. Uh, you are the CDM program manager. You've been doing it for some time. Give us a top line. You know, where does the program stand at this point? A lot of different activity going on. You've been instrumental in making some key decisions about how things get implemented, how they get acquired over the last couple of years. What's the state of the state? So with our new acquisition strategy in place, Defend, uh, we have the vehicles to keep everything moving forward and, and to fill any remaining gaps, uh, as you mentioned, with understanding what's on the network and, and uh, who's on the network. Uh, the key thing for us had, as we head into FY21 is two things, uh, two related things. Number one, getting the new dashboard in place. We awarded that new dashboard contract last May. Uh, it really opens everything up up for us uh, from a scalability and performance standpoint and, and really the, the value to the agencies is, is increased uh, 10 to 100 fold. The other a related piece is the data quality management, making sure that the data coming up from the sensors is being reported accurately, being reported in a timely fashion. So those two things together in FY21 really will uh, show the promise of CDM, what we've uh, set out to do here in terms of getting the agencies the visibility, getting uh, federal leadership visibility to understand what the um, agency and federal terrain looks like from a cybersecurity perspective. Really does show the evolution of the program, right? It's not just, hey, we're collecting this data, right? We've been instrumenting it for some time. We've got a lot of capability out there. It's now about displaying it accurately, displaying it thoroughly, and making sure the quality of the data is, is, is fantastic. So very much a signal of uh, moving up the value chain, if you will. James, let's throw it over to you. You've done a lot of work over there at SBA. You know, you guys have really been uh, the agency that's been looked at to sort of suss out a lot of these capabilities and then implement them and, and sort of pressure test them. I and you certainly got pressure tested recently in regards to the activity that's been going on over the last few months. So give us a, a sort of the state of the state of where you all are right now with this program. Uh, absolutely. Um, no, first and foremost, I really want to give a shout out to you know, Kevin Cox and our Defend the Portfolio Manager, Kelly Dixon, you know, for working with us uh, Rebels, uh, what I like to call us at SBA. Um, I know we like to kick the tires and do things a teeny bit differently um, from that perspective. And to the team at SBA, you know, we're willing to take a risk and slightly deviate from what's in technical violence one and two uh, to great effect to really uh, provide the value that we need internally and hopefully for the rest of the federal government. 
Now, with that said, SBA by no means has a monopoly on no cloud-based security tools, but in context of the CARES Act implementation, uh, PPP, as well as our COVID-19 response, um, no leveraging some of these no cloud-native technologies, integrating it with uh, some of the future state uh, activities around the CDM, particularly the Elasticstack, that really helps sharpen our, our respective saw so that when it was crunch time, when we're seeing actors you know, coming against our network, you know, trying to you know, impact SBA's mission during the height of the COVID uh, crisis, we were ready, we were there, we were able to respond in seconds and minutes versus days and hours where we were a couple years ago. So that was a huge benefit to us and I really credit the our work around CDM for that. Really a benefit of having a lot of this instrument in place, having it be uh, what we'll call soft technologies, if you will, and, and being able to uh, turn it on, scale it uh, very quickly to address the needs of, uh, of your agency, uh, which, uh, which um, uh, happened very rapidly, as you can imagine. Um, Gary, how about at VA, talk about scale. You all are, are doing scale at, at uh, epic proportions over there using these tools and techniques. And, and uh, if I recall, you guys were very much an early adopter of the concept of CDM, if you will. Where are you all now on your journey there? Well, first I'd like to echo what James just stated. Uh, Kevin Cox, Dan Rubo, they have been phenomenal people to work with. DHS has been there shoulder to shoulder with us and it has been a phenomenal experience since inception in 2013 when I started. I think at the time it was uh, Mark Niedinger uh, who was uh, leading the charge at that time. Right. And uh, just to kind of put it in kind of context as well, so CDM has um, really evolved and matured since 2013 and that has been essential because as the Secretary's mandate for us and his priority is all about customer service, well, customer service at a size and scale of the VA is enormous. We got 19.6 million veterans, 400,000 employees. We're the largest healthcare provider in the country and 56 regional data centers. I mean, the size and scale is enormous. Uh, I think at some points we are at 7.5 petabytes of data traversing the VA WAN. So CDM has been essential to our ability to gain visibility into the, what's happening within the environment. And I'd say that, you know, in conjunction with working with DHS and, and their uh, contractor, I mean, we've really addressed it from a series of layers, almost looking at it from tools and sensors, going up to the integration, and then ultimately up to the agency dashboard. And within each one of those buckets, we've been able to really look holistically across the CDM portfolio with Forescale, Big Fix, Splunk, and how they integrate, not only integrate as CDM tools, but also integrate holistically with everything else that we already have in place. I think when we first started, we looked at it as CDM as this panacea by itself. The reality is, is that it's not. It has to be part of an integrated approach, which is really our overarching ISCM strategy. And by, by evolving and moving towards that direction, we really created this massive ecosystem that is helping drive forward change. And at this particular point, with uh, one of the um, massive accomplishments that we made, is that we've got about 95% visibility into all of our devices. We're confident. We're seeing everything on the, uh, within the environment. We've actually uh, moved our CAP score as well uh, that, we, that we typically report. And uh, it's, it's been fantastic. So the state of the state is great. Protecting veteran data as, as secure as it can possibly be and managing the environment, that's, that's really what CDM's allowed us to do. 
I'll tell you, it warms my heart to hear that. I'm sure every veteran out there uh, loves to hear that as well, uh, that you've really taken this beast and, and be able to pull all this data in and now sort of looking at it at a higher order or again up the value chain and really, uh, you know, realizing the promise of what CDN actually is. Jim, how about over at Fortinet? Uh, you all have been in the ecosystem for quite some time, uh, very much involved in this complex environment, multi-cloud environment we have now. Uh, tell us where do you fit into this environment and what's going on over at Fortinet? Good afternoon, Luke. I'd like to build on the comments of my colleagues on this panel because I have seen this as a former federal executive grow out of something the federal government has been dealing with for a long time. I, I'm probably not the only one on this call who remembers the CNCI, the Comprehensive National Cybersecurity Initiative. The predicate for that was common operating picture of the health of federal networks and the ability to respond to machine speed. That is CDM by another name. So the federal government has been dealing with this for a long time. What I didn't fully appreciate when I retired from government at the end of 2018 was the extent to which the private sector, companies like Fortinet, have actually solved the underlying technical problems of the visibility and the control. The approach has been independently validated through third-party testing, and it comes from multiple vendor families. But the devil's in the details. The practical problem is implementing this in the context of federal budgets and procurement cycles. In other words, we know how to do this on a greenfield basis. The challenge is doing this in the real world on brownfield incremental upgrades within the federal government. Yeah, and that implementation is so clutch, right? And those decisions that were made a few years ago, uh, learning from, you know, the, the first round about how things got bought and implemented and flexing and, and realizing that, okay, we need to make some adjustments, I think has really been the, uh, the key to the success of this program. That's certainly my opinion. Egan, uh, you know, uh, Tanium, it's interesting because Tanium comes out of the Petri dish, I think around 07, you know, sort of shoots out of a can and right about the same time that CDM was sort of being developed. So this, this technology was sort of on the same trajectory, if you will, came together very nicely and, uh, uh, and certainly is a, a big part of what's making the CDM capability work. What's going on over at Tanium in regards to across the uh, programmatic spectrum these days? Yeah, it's, it's interesting. Kevin nailed it uh, when he brought up the data quality management piece of this. And that, that really, if you get down to brass tacks, that's why we exist today. Um, we, are a, we are a kind of generational step forward in terms of how we gather data. And one of the things that we're finding, we work with, obviously, with a great many customers in, in the CDM space. Um, and one of the things that we're finding is, is that there is still a, a gap in terms of data quality. Um, we, we have this concept, if I can move data from point A to point B very quickly, um, then I have good data, it's timely, it's accurate, it's, it's complete. Um, when the reality is you also have to assess the, the state of that data um, at point A, uh, how stale is it, how long has it been there? And what's in, what really becomes fascinating, and this is kind of part and parcel to, to the impossible problem that seven years ago we set out to solve, is as you get into the law of large numbers, um, all data becomes ephemeral, things that we don't really consider ephemeral, um, machine state, machine presence, uh, things like that. At a large enough scale, it becomes this living, breathing organism. And it's, it's interesting to me because that's really what AWARE sets out to tackle. Um, it, it's an incremental step forward, right? We've, I think with AWARE, we've taken the beach, um, but we have to remember there's an entire uh, continent that we also have to take here. 
Um, but it's good progress and it brings into to account things like uh, operational context of the endpoint, um, what data exists on the endpoint, where the, the endpoint is residing at the time of use. Uh, the problem is, especially now, uh, as we've seen with this mass transition to distributed workforce, that's all become ephemeral. And so now there's this need for, rather than being able to say, well, 72 hour turnaround should be sufficient, there's this need to be able to look at things um, in real time context as they're changing as a living, breathing organism. And so that today, that's sort of the problem that we're trying to help solve to keep that incremental progress from, from halting. Really sort of uh, trying to get up to this uh, light speed zero day, you know, we'll, we'll you know, also say Continuous, uh, trust right? in there, right? And we were all thrilled when, okay, all right, we've identified or we think we have a hundred uh, devices on on the network, and then we realize no, actually we have fifteen hundred on the network, and now getting to the point where, okay, we know we have fifteen hundred on on the network. We're just simply looking at the quality of the data. I'm going to jump over to Kevin for just a second and ask him. You know, we're we're talking about aware, making using these terms. Can you just really quickly give a top line sort of just for those that may be listening about CDM for maybe the first time or a couple of times they've heard some of these terms, just give them the top line of what those layers are so people understand that. To get started with CDM, we were, uh, as I mentioned, focused on helping agencies understand what's on the network. So that's the asset management layer. Uh, we also wanted to help agencies understand who their users are. That's the identity and access layer. We're also uh, focused on network security management, helping agencies understand what's happening on their network, both on-prem as well as in the cloud. And finally, with data protection management, helping get the right data uh, encryption, data loss prevention capabilities in place for high-value assets to make sure our most critical data is protected. The model for CDM then works where the data flows up from those different sensors and scanners up to the dashboard, both at the agency level where the data is more detailed object level, and then we summarize it up to the federal level. And then in the operationalization of CDM, with the rollout of the new dashboard, with the, the processes for data quality management, we're operationalizing that data, as, as Egon mentioned, with the AWARE algorithm uh, to really help agencies understand what their overall security posture looks like for vulnerability management, patch management, configuration management, et cetera. Excellent. Uh, 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 excellent top line there. So everyone can, uh, no pun intended, be aware of sort of the, the, uh, the multi-layered, if you will, concept there that has gotten us to this point. David, let me throw it over to you at Microfocus. And let me start with, uh, just uh, describe to folks what Microsoft Focus is and uh, uh, you know, what, 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 what journey that you've been on and, and sort of how you fit into the ecosystem and then give us a state of the state. Sure, well, well thanks Luke for that. Um, we're actually one of the largest software companies, pure play software companies worldwide. We have a very deep and, and wide portfolio and we've been providing uh, you know, CDM capabilities you know, since uh, 2013 to federal space. So, People are probably more familiar with our brands, which originated with uh, uh, our merger with Hewlett Packard software, which I'm sure everyone recognizes, such as uh, Fortify and ArcSight and our uh, enterprise iCam offerings and NetIQ. Um, but through those acquisitions within uh, MicroFocus, we've been able to, to focus and grow our security portfolio. So excited to be here today. And, and uh, We've been in business about 40 years, which people don't realize. We want to be in business for the next uh, 40 years, Luke. And we're very customer focused. Um, 
very much some marquee brands in the community. Uh, but when people hear Microfocus, I, I wanted to make sure they understand that there, there, there's all these great capabilities underneath of it that people are very familiar with. All right, well, let me roll it over to, uh, to you, James, and talk about a specific program. There's been a lot of activity going on over at SBA, and I'm sure you've got more than one uh, opportunity to highlight a program uh, that really, uh, you know, CDM, this capability, uh, was able to, you know, address and solve a lot of those needs that you were, uh, you were uh, embarking to implement. Um, it's it tough to nail down a particular uh, CDM program. I think as a whole that the CDM concept and intentions really helped us this past year. And, and realistically, this past year for SBA is going to be dominated by, again, CARES Act and uh, response to the COVID-19 crisis. Um, so it's really been a blur. So it, the, the circle back to that partnership, that was critical. When, when we needed some surge support, Kevin Cox and team was there. They, they helped us out. Um, when we needed to, you know, uh, identify, you know, how do we, we scale and expand and do X, Y, and Z, they were there to help out. So it allowed us to, in short, we went from 5,000 individuals to 20,000 individuals in the span of a month. Uh, with that, we did not have to figure out how to reformat or rebuild CDM, at least the, the, the cloud-based one. It was just ready to go. It was there. Um, so I, I really think it was nothing specific for this past year um, that really made the difference is the work that we laid over the past two, three years that got us to this point. Um, you know, speaking of the, the TIC work, CDM work, SER support, it got us to this point where we were able to respond the way that we needed to without going crazy, basically. 100% really put you in a position to scale, right? I mean, all the, 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 the migration that you all had done with the uh, into the cloud prior, the tick work that you had done, some of the uh, prototyping, et cetera, and the fact that you were able to just sort of, you know, turn the dial up and make all that work. And, and knowing that, you know, you had a lot of organizations from all over the, probably the world, uh, just pounding on those systems, just super impressive to see that you all were, were able to sort of answer the, uh, uh, the message and, and, and uh, take it to the highest order. So I applaud everybody over at SBA and uh, over at the CDM program for helping make that happen. We're gonna take a, a short break and we'll be right back uh, in a moment. You've been listening to the Federal Executive Forum on Federal News Network. This is Bob Fortna. At Fortinet Federal, we understand government cybersecurity professionals want to reduce operational challenges, make cybersecurity more manageable, and deliver actionable information. Our integrated and automated solutions reduce complexity and ensure mission success at speed and scale. Fortinet is a leading U.S. cybersecurity company with a 20-year track record of innovation. See why agencies rely on Fortinet Federal. For more information, Go to FortinetFederal.com. Today's networks are more complex than ever before, and endpoints no longer reside solely within the bounds of the network firewall. The mission is executed beyond the perimeter. Compute is mobile. This complexity is driving increased risk across federal enterprises, but Tanium gives you the power to manage that technology risk with a single view of every endpoint, the power to identify and prioritize risks, and the power to take action to remediate in real time. Learn more at Tanium.com. 
When the ground shifts, you need to be ready. With MicroFocus, U.S. agencies are able to secure what matters most while staying compliant under continuous diagnostics and mitigation program CDM mandate. To help with CDM, MicroFocus has developed a new risk service that extends our zero-trust architecture to provide a new adaptive identity intelligence approach, enabling agencies to dynamically adapt and prioritize risks. Centralizing risk management as a service helps agencies respond to mission-critical events faster and protect on what matters most. Learn more at microfocusgov.com. Welcome back to the Federal Executive Forum on Federal News Network. We're talking about CDM. We were talking specifically about, uh, about uh, uh, various programs that we'd like to highlight. And Egan, I'd like to throw it over to you. Tanium's been right smack in the middle of this, this program and certainly globally uh, implementing this capability. So we'd like to give you an opportunity to uh, highlight a program that uh, would be of interest to uh, to the listening audience as far as uh, what Tanium is doing and uh, sort of how they're doing it. Sure, yeah, and for us, a, a program loosely equates to a customer, right? Because we're a vendor at the end of the day. Of course. Um, and so I think the, and, and we'll never name a customer by name on something like this, but there's one that stands out to me that is knee deep in, in the whole process of, of CDM compliance. Um, I would say they're probably one of the more progressive that we've interacted with. Um, and one of the problems that they hit pretty quickly was um, that it, it was it was a technology issue, but it was a technology issue that translated into staffing. And you know, I mean, let's let's be honest with ourselves. There, I believe today there's forty thousand plus SKUs on the CDM APL. Um, there's one of everything out there, and the problem is if you if you go out and you kind of take that one of everything approach, it's very difficult to, to staff that. Um, they took a, an interesting approach because their focus was both um, consolidation uh, for the purposes of efficiency, but also kind of moving to that next generational place where they have real-time context awareness. Um, you know, we struggle even today, you know, 30 years into this whole IT thing, we struggle to answer very basic questions like, what do I have and what's it doing? Um, and, and taking a shotgun approach to that can get extremely expensive, um, especially on that, that staffing side. And so in their case, uh, we were able to, to work with them and help them not only consolidate uh, the number of tools that they're using dramatically, so like a, a 20 to one ratio, um, but also be able to focus um, the, the team of folks that they had so you didn't have to just divide people up and have people reading logs all day and trying to respond to um, raw data, but actually having a contextual awareness of their, their enterprise and being able to take actions as things are happening and being aware in real time as to what's going on. And it's been hugely successful for them. Um, you know, it's, I wish I could give more detail, frankly, but um, I'll, I'll let the, the customer do that someday. Sure. And we can let our imagination run wild on there, but you're absolutely right. You know, you just cannot throw enough human beings at these issues. You must instrument, you must automate, you must introduce things like ML and, and AI and really get to the, you know, finding the needle and the stack of needles and, and being up and be able to roll this stuff up and, and, and make uh, good quality, timely decisions. Uh, speaking of which, Gary, let me throw it over to you at uh, Veterans Affairs. Uh, you know, the complexity there that you described is daunting, right? And I think about uh, HIPAA as well and all the other things that you are doing in regards to having to protect data uh, the new systems that you're putting in place there, the new systems that are going on at DOD that you have to interface with, super complex. Give us uh, an example of a program that you'd like to highlight 
Uh, it just sort of, sort of shows the power of this capability to solve some of those big problems for you. Sure. So what I'd, what I'd like to pull the cord on real quick, though, is the concept of the contextualization, because I got to tell you, that's, I think that would be really apropos for what we've done with the department. I mean, monumental strides in order to provide all these all these different elements of data and then integrate it into a common platform so it does get contextualized has been one of the predominant focuses of what we've tried to do at the department. Not only do we have the visualization aspect, right, improving the visualization across all these 1.2 million devices, and that's been particularly complicated as a result of the COVID where we now have this massive remote workforce. So, you know, how can we bring forward that visualization that would be equivalent to what we'd see within the enterprise? But most importantly, how do we reconcile all that information and contextualize it so somebody can take action on an as-required basis as they're looking at the integrated monitors within our CSOC? And that's really been one of the predominant focuses that we've, that we've looked at. And uh, as I mentioned, you know, now we've, we're almost at 95%, 100% visualization across all these various endpoints through the Scout implementations. I mean, we've integrated it with our FireEye, we've integrated it with our QRadar, and we're, and we're in obviously bringing all this together within, within Splunk. A couple of other things too that I wanna mention is that, you know, you talk about some of the major accomplishments. I'm just gonna talk in general about the program itself, but you know, simp simplistic things like how can we leverage existing tools that we've been able to obtain through CDM that we either had or got through CDM to help us with, with COVID, for example, or with Mission Act. And you know we're using Comply to Connect now, and Big Fix is instrumental in allowing us to do that. So you know, no longer you know do we have other scenarios playing out. Hey, before you log on, your your device is getting checked. If if it needs patches, it immediately gets those patches before you can connect. So um, it's really been revolutionary in how we're able to apply this because you know we need it. We're we're, we're everywhere. We're geographically all over the place. So we need the tools to work in tandem with one another to to realize the outcome. And, and be able to do it at scale and, and yeah, basic things like tool rationalization, et cetera, really important. David, how about over at Microfocus? I'm sure you've got a, uh, a specific program that you'd like to highlight that kind of, you know, sort of brings to bear, uh, you know, a great example of how this capability is being used. Well, sure. Thanks for that, Luke. Um, I, I guess, you know, last year we made a lot of progress, as you know, as an industry partner on uh, maturing some of the capabilities within, within our products. Um, but one program in particular uh, that we worked on was uh, the, within U.S. Commerce to support all the remote workers that are conducting the, 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 the Sentinel, you know, in the census for this year. Um, they were leveraging our ICAM capabilities to establish an enterprise ICAM identity management for credentialing of, of, of those temporary remote users. If you think about that use case that, that we were working with with the census, it uh, you know it's based on a zero trust model, um, which we built within into our portfolio, uh, assuming that uh, all those remote workers are, are, are fraudulent or, or and, and need to be uh, credentialed, and we're able to help them you know um, um, stand up an entire process for that. Now the, the census itself had trouble getting started and 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 conducting, as I think everybody's aware of. They're, they're making progress with that. Uh, but probably what I'm most proud of is uh, the support program we put in place. You know, they wanted to have a, a very unique uh, uh, product support model so that we could support a 27, 24-7 model to support those, um, uh, any issues that they may have had with the portfolio and the products. And 
so the vendor community came together you know all the vendors you know that were helping you know support them through this to make sure we were we were available uh, both to, within our r d you know and, and our product folks um and then a couple of the other programs we we benefited from last year was because of that zero trust architecture we built into our core identity management products it lended itself very well as the workforce shifted during COVID to being remote. So we were able to help with uh, like using your SMS cell phone text messaging to do multi-factor authentication, um, which wasn't a need before. You know, a lot of the, the PID credentialing and helping with the, the bring your own device requirements, you know, because laptops weren't available for a lot of the remote folks. So those customers who were using uh, our products, you know, in, in, in federal agencies, um, we were able to put some unique programs together where they could scale and expand at, at very little cost to, to meet the needs of, uh, of the crisis. And, and probably the last area um, is really within our, our Fortify product, which is heavily used, but there's been a big effort across DOD to standardize DevSecOps um, and to build in software assurance, which, which I believe is the new tax service, right? It, um, so we're able to use machine learning in Fortify to create an audit assistant and to centralize scans and then demonstrate how you could leverage that as an enterprise service versus a local excellence within a, with a development team to provide more visibility and metrics um, on how fast you're innovating uh, from a DevOps perspective, but also how secure are you? And really you know, understand that supply chain that goes into building a, a product or, or a custom you know, application to make sure it's uh, uh, secure. So we've made a lot of progress there as well. Super example. I love that that census one. You know, you can imagine there's just thousands and thousands of, of new folks kind of coming onto the network, you know, and sort of, uh, you know, what's on the network, but also who's on the network really key there. So identity management always been highlighted as a, a real key aspect of, uh, you know, making sure that these environments are secure and stay secure. Kevin, I'm going to throw it up to you. Give us an example of a specific program that you feel like, uh, you know, maybe a specific piece of that, right? Uh, there's layers that you described there that, that, that's, that's really ringing the bell these days and then, uh, you know, you're gaining a lot of capability out of it. I think uh, I'll, I'll just use the two examples of the of, uh, VA here with Gary and in uh, Small Business Administration with James, because we're doing some some really uh, good things with them, and and I think really they're they're showing the promise of the whole CDM uh, program, the initiatives we set out for. So starting with the Veterans Administration, as you mentioned, Luke, it, the the organization has so many stakeholders and, and it's just uh, so uh, large in terms of its mission scope and the importance of that mission that we really wanted to work with Gary and the team to make sure that they could get the full visibility so that they understood everything that was connected to their network. They could get in front of the adversary, in front of the threat in order to protect the data of our veterans. And, and that, that's been a real success for us uh, because when we started out, uh, it's a huge undertaking, as, as you're aware, and, and just to be able to help uh, Veterans Administration get, get up to the 95% level on the track to get to 100% in terms of full visibility in real and near real time is, is a huge accomplishment. Uh, and, and it just really lays the foundation for them to do even more uh, to once again get in front of that threat. Now, with the work we've been doing with James and his team over at Small Business Administration, uh, with the the move that they've made to the cloud, they've they've really been a great partner to work with to help uh, formulate how we uh, move CDM into the cloud, how we make CDM work in the cloud, 
because the data, whether it's on-prem or in the cloud, is just as important, and we need to make sure that the agency has the visibility, they know how it's protected, they know who has access to that data. Uh, and so the Small Business Administration has been a great partner in helping us really chart out the, the right approaches for the cloud, the ability to partner with the cloud service providers so that we could get James and his team and his leadership the visibility they needed of that data. Uh, we have many other examples in terms of all the, the disparate missions throughout the federal government, uh, but I, I think really getting these foundational pieces in place has, has been significant to allowing the agencies to do everything else that they needed to do uh, to get in front of the threat that we're seeing on a daily basis. Right, and that there's a lot of super important missions out there, and those two are really important. And I think about sort of that citizen experience, right? Uh, being able to take this capability and enable that veteran, right? Enable that small business owner uh, to get the goods and services that they're looking for and to be able to be confident about it and be secure about it, I think is, is, is super important. So hats off to all of you for all the great work that's being done there. Jim, I'm gonna throw it over to you. Um, uh, Fortinet, again, right in the middle of a lot of these different capabilities. And uh, give us an example of a program that you've been uh, running at one of these agencies, whether it's these or one of the others, or, or you know, you guys are a global company, right? You're right in the middle of the ecosystem. You've built a lot of it uh, that you'd like to highlight in regards to uh, CDM and some of those capabilities. So, Luke, as you said, uh, Fortinet is one of the world's largest cybersecurity companies. We've got a, a really, really broad portfolio, and that's allowed us to be instrumental in areas such as the convergence of security and networking to, to focus on things like security-driven networking. And I'm going to give you two quick examples of, of how we've been able to work on that for federal partners. One is for a, a DOD program with over a 1,000 domestic sites. We helped that program migrate from from a classic wired network to a software-defined one, specifically an SD-WAN topology. Uh, the solution brought the productivity and, and cost benefits and, and better security that you would associate with SD-WAN, and it also met the core CDM criteria in terms of assets, uh, accounts, and events. Uh, a brand new one that we just uh, finalized now is working with the law enforcement component of a major federal agency that has hundreds of locations because of their law enforcement mission. They need to be on the dark web. They need to be doing analytics and data collection without compromising their core federal network. They're working in a mobile environment and the proof of concept we just finalized that's led to an agency-wide contract succeeded in, in meeting their productivity goals, security, things like chain of custody issues for law enforcement. And, and again, they're about to take that nationwide. And in the proof of concept, they actually showed that the solution, this convergence of security and networking, hit the core CDM questions. They knew what was on the network, they knew who was on the network, they knew what was happening. And then again, because of law enforcement and this, this involvement on the, the dark side, they also knew how the core data was being protected. And uh, having spent a little bit of time with the federal uh, law enforcement community uh, in, in my federal career, you know, that, that uh, remote capability is so important for them to be able to uh, have that capability at their hands when they're out in the field, just super important. Um, and so I, I thank you and all the folks over there for enabling that. That's a, been a longstanding requirement that they've had. 
we're going to roll it over into priorities and talk about your top priority is what I'm going to ask all of you uh, for CDM, uh, let's say over the next six months. And uh, Dave, I'm going to start with you at Microfocus. You know, what, what, what is your priority? What's the priority they're giving you? However you want to put that in regards, number one, uh, for six months to continue to, uh, to, to, to enable this CDM journey for uh, the ecosystem. Sure. Uh, we, we've been working very hard to, uh, to make sure that our, our products can be consumable with, with yeah, easily consumable within federal agencies and interoperable with, with, with other vendors. And one of the things we realized is the function for risk management, specifically with things like user behavioral analytics and in credentialing, and also when you're, when you're looking at traffic and data in your, in your SIM, is a common function. Um, but yet there are usually multiple vendors that have a, a risk engine. So it, what we did is we worked very hard to break out the risk engine within our user behavior analytics product. Um, and we're set offering that now as a separate, you know, consumable service offering. Um, and, and my focus for the next six months is going to be continued to, to build out offerings for other uh, enterprise ICAM type uh, uh, function, functional capability areas like credentialing. Um, uh, and, uh, and, and privilege access management to be available as consumable services to complement that that risk service. That, that Make it easy, uh, plug and play. It sounds like on the uh, yeah. on consuming those uh, good services and capabilities. James, yeah. I'm going to throw it over to you at SBA. Number one priority for you in regards to uh, your CDM sort of security journey. Certainly, um, number one priority is to move to the Elastic uh, dashboard. Um, and the benefits I hope to, to reap from that, it's, it's a more flexible and dynamic environment as compared to the, the current state solution. Um, uh, I know I may have mentioned before in other forms, but SBA actually does run two different CDM programs. Uh, the legacy CDM, which is the one that we all know and love, and then the one we built last year in partnership with DHS, uh, built 100% in the cloud. Um, so as we move to Elastic Cloud, I like to pare down on both of those two separate CDM programs so that A, we have a single dashboard that collects all of our data regardless of where it comes from, on-prem, the cloud, SaaS, PaaS, et cetera. Um, and with that, um, start really start seeing some of the cost savings, uh, be that from some work we get from automation, from just reducing tool spin, et cetera. So number one priority, Elastic Platform. Excellent. Um, I'm looking forward to seeing that uh, fully realized. Egan, uh, Tanium, number one priority for you all going forward. Yeah, we're, we're really trying to, to redefine uh, the way that people think and talk about risk, um, because what we've seen historically is that there has been a very narrow view, and CDM is, is kind of opening that up a bit. Um, we still tend to be focused as an industry on vulnerability-based risk management. Um, we're trying to open the aperture on that um, pretty dramatically and get people to start talking about risk at a we'll call it a more corporate level the way the board would look at risk and considering what really goes into that and the the level of contextual awareness and the speed to track the changes in, in context of anything in your enterprise anything in the IT ecosystem and being able to take that into account in real time to uh, truly understand what your risk profile looks like from one second to the next to the next, rather than treating risk as something that you assess on a periodic basis, even if that periodicity is daily or uh, every 72 hours, that's simply not sufficient uh, in, in the modern IT space. 
So really taking this technology and allowing the business leaders to make good, uh, informed, real-time risk-based decisions. I love it. Sounds awesome. Um, well, we're going to take a short break and we'll be back in just a moment. You're listening to the Federal Executive Forum on Federal News Network. Today's networks are more complex than ever before, and endpoints no longer reside solely within the bounds of the network firewall. The mission is executed beyond the perimeter. Compute is mobile. This complexity is driving increased risk across federal enterprises, but Tanium gives you the power to manage that technology risk with a single view of every endpoint, the power to identify and prioritize risks, and the power to take action to remediate in real time. Learn more at Tanium.com. When the ground shifts, you need to be ready. With MicroFocus, U.S. agencies are able to secure what matters most while staying compliant under continuous diagnostics and mitigation program CDM mandate. To help with CDM, MicroFocus has developed a new risk service that extends our zero-trust architecture to provide a new adaptive identity intelligence approach, enabling agencies to dynamically adapt and prioritize risks. Centralizing risk management as a service helps agencies respond to mission-critical events faster and protect on what matters most. Learn more at microfocusgov.com. This is Bob Fortna. At Fortinet Federal, we understand government cybersecurity professionals want to reduce operational challenges, make cybersecurity more manageable, and deliver actionable information. Our integrated and automated solutions reduce complexity and ensure mission success at speed and scale. Fortinet is a leading U.S. cybersecurity company with a 20-year track record of innovation. See why agencies rely on Fortinet Federal. For more information, Go to FortinetFederal.com. Welcome back to the Federal Executive Forum on Federal News Network. We're talking about CDMs. We were talking specifically about priorities. And I'm going to throw it up to you, Gary, and talk about priorities at Veterans Affairs. Uh, give us your number one top line priority in regards to uh, where we are with uh, uh, the CDM program, what you want to accomplish. You bet. So I'd say our number one priority is the data quality. Um, through the integration of all these various tools across the um, integrated geographically dispersed environment of the VA, it's complicated. And so there's been monumental efforts to try and ensure that as we begin to bring these tools together and they share information back and forth, that we can rely upon that data for decision making. And so again, I mentioned we were integrated with FireEye, we're integrated with uh, QRadar. We've done a lot of the FISMA containerization activities so that we can integrate it into uh, the EMAS tool that we brought on board for our authorization processing. And then we're also bringing it forward into our ServiceNow uh, platform as well. So, you know, all of these things begin to uh, integrate. And the, the most important thing is that can you rely upon the data? So lots of efforts across the board to make sure that that, that, that can happen. But I think that, and why would we do that? Because I think it dovetails with exactly what Egan was talking about. It's all about risk management and risk decision-making, help ensuring that the business has the capacity to make the right decisions. Because one thing we've noticed across the board is that there are lots of capabilities that people want to bring to bear to meet the, the needs of the veteran, specifically within the medical community. And we wanna make sure that we can look at those things as it relates to the risk that they present within the environment and do that in a, in a manner that, that ensures that we understand what that risk is and that we do that in a quick time fashion so that there's not massive delays in bringing forward these new technologies because the veteran deserves it, deserves it and they need it. 
Fantastic. I love the idea of sort of time to market, time to market for, uh, again, as you, you just mentioned, a very important client, which is our, uh, our, um, our cherished veterans. Uh, Jim, let me throw it over to you at Fortinet. Number one priority for you all going forward over the next six months. So look, you've already mentioned time, and I think I would highlight the C part of CDM, continuous. Uh, you can't be continuous. Good catch without, there, by the way, on the continuous. Without automation. Uh, and we're not only focused on the technical part of saying we see it in terms of diagnostics and response, but the higher level automation, the ability to have playbooks to say, work with your federal partner to say, if we see X occurring, policy-driven automation will say we're going to respond in Y or Z fashion. Uh, we are also trying to help build out this ecosystem. I said there's a half a dozen big platforms that really provide the underpinning, the ability to integrate and orchestrate all of this. Uh, we've got over 300 vendors in our partner alliance. We recognize the federal government has got a lot of legacy stuff. You want to facilitate the interoperability between those, those existing deployments. People aren't going to do rip and replace. And then finally, working with each federal partner to say, you all have different legacy deployments, so how can we help you migrate, especially in the areas of cloud, mobility, and remote, and that software-defined networking that I described in my two success stories. Continuous being the key word. Um, gonna throw out one uh, lesson learned question. I'm gonna do it with Kevin, uh, and then we're gonna we're gonna start from the back of the batting order and and work our way back up for a wrap up. But uh, Kevin, you run this program. Top lesson learned since you've been running this program, plus or minus. The top lesson learned, really from an acquisition standpoint, we needed to take into account the complexity we see across the federal government in terms of the, the various missions, the, the, the legacy systems in place, the various technologies used throughout the federal government, and create an acquisition approach that could account for that. Um, as mentioned, we, we uh, recognized that a, a rip and replace approach wouldn't work. Many of these agencies had solutions that worked already. We needed the flexibility to interact with systems already in place, uh, the flexibility to fill in gaps where needed, to pull all of that data together uh, and, and really bring value, working with our partners in the industry, bring value to the agencies in terms of getting that cybersecurity visibility. So uh, the, the, the key for, for me from a lessons learned standpoint and, and what we've been able to deliver with our defend task orders is that flexibility. Right. I think, you know, uh, being the, 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 the continuous, uh, in order to be continuous, you, you must be flexible. And you guys have, again, your uh, organization has done a brilliant job of, of doing that. So we thank you for that. All right. <clears throat> We're going to wrap it up with this last question. And uh, this one's about uh, painting a picture of the future, right? What does it look around, like around the corner over the horizon? Give us some insight as to, you know, sort of what's cooking, if you will, uh, in the perspective of uh, organizations and uh, agencies. David, let's start with you at MicroFocus. Sure. Probably one of the areas that I see ad advancing is the ability to encrypt data in use. You know, we've had a lot of uh, hard policies and laws about encryption in transit, as well as, you know, encryption at rest for data. But the technologies, you know, one of which we offer within our Voltage product is to encrypt that in use that allows you to, to perform analytics and, and other, uh, you know, for your call center or your, your CRM tools, your ERP tools, where you can protect a lot of that uh, privacy data and PII data within your applications uh, in use. So if they are, um, you know, breached, a lot of the information is still protected because it's, it's, it's in an encrypted but usable, you know, format. 
So we've had some success, especially in the healthcare agencies, with rolling that out. And it turns out they 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 really like the ability they can generate test data. So they don't they're not using their production data to do testing. And I think it's the whole management of that data and the data lifecycle um, is going to be the future. And you know for protecting. Uh, you know, a lot of the data that, that CDM's meant to defend. Fantastic. I know there's a lot of folks that are really comforted to hear that, right? If you can neuter that data and God forbid somebody gets a hold of it, uh, not an issue, right? Uh, fantastic concept. Ega, and how about Itanium? I know you all have a lot of cool stuff going on in that Petri dish. Can you give us some insight? Yeah, I think what we're trying to address is we sort of have this this disease as humans that we tend to deify data. Uh, and the more that we can collect and consolidate in one place, the, the more we do that. Um, what we're trying to to really get across and, and help customers with is this understanding of, of true real-timeness, right? Not I can move this data and consolidate it here and then contextualize it after the fact, but understanding that context comes from the state that the endpoint was in at the moment that data was collected and every second that ticks by that data is becoming stale and therefore less accurate. And so what we're trying to, to help people do is get that true real-time understanding of their ecosystem so that when, you know, if you have a, an endpoint that downloads PII data or disconnects from the VPN or anything that happens on that endpoint, that should be reflected in real time in terms of the risk portfolio or risk profile rather of that endpoint. Um, and therefore on the, the enterprise as a whole. And especially that's especially true now that we're in a state where um, you know, the vast majority of the workforce is distributed. Um, but that's a really difficult thing to do. Um, the tendency again is let's collect data, analyze it and try to contextualize it after the fact. And we're trying to bring that true real-time context awareness uh, where we allow people to see the state of the endpoint as it exists right now and one second from now and two seconds from now and so on. And that's that's a difficult problem to solve, but that literally is why we exist as a company. Yeah, you know, that flash to bang needs to get to close to, to as to zero as possible. And, uh, you know, let's face it, you know, stale data, stale information means stale decision making, right? And so I applaud you all for recognizing that and being able to get that capability in the hands of the, uh, the decision makers to make good risk-based decisions. Jim, how about over at Fortinet? I know uh, you all are, are always cooking up uh, new capabilities over there. Uh, give us some insight as to what we can expect over the next uh, you know, year or two. So Luke, I'd build on the comments of both uh, Egon and, and Dave. It's all about the data. And, and in the CDM context, it's about characterizing it in real time, being able to say, I know normal, I know abnormal, and I can mitigate the potential consequences from abnormal. And as I've said, these platforms that exist out there in the cybersecurity ecosystem are doing a pretty good job of being able to do that in real time. Just pick an ecosystem and try to stay within that ecosystem. The problem for federal agencies is you have a lot of cases where you don't want either the data or even telemetry about the data to go to somebody's off-premise data center. So what excites me is we're getting to the ability with this AI-driven automation to give that kind of capability to agencies to be able to deploy in-house. It drives me crazy, both as a taxpayer and a former federal executive, to hear agencies talking about building the AI to do threat analytics in-house. I go, look, the private sector has spent over 10 years learning to do that, leverage what we're doing. We're getting to the point where we can give you something we call a virtual security analyst that you can deploy in the environment. It reports into your SOC. It starts 99% plus accurate and gets better. You own it. It can do augmentation, threat discovery, and response. 
uh, take advantage of what the private sector's done. The final part I would say is we're getting to the point now, I think, in the industry of being able to offer CDM as a service. Uh, you know, we have been talking to big agencies on this program. They have large, sophisticated capability. We know there's a lot of small, small agencies that just as they had to pr pr consume TIC as a service through MTIPS are frankly going to look for somebody to do the same thing on CDM. And I know there are some systems integrators out there in the ecosystem that are now starting to offer CDM as a service. Well, I think you may be uh, teeing up Mr. Cox for his uh, closing comments, but uh, I'll, I'll, I'll hold and keep my powder dry on that one. Uh, but you're raising some very good points and um, <clears throat> uh, very interesting to hear about some of those concepts that are going to be implemented. Uh, well, speaking of uh, a, a federal uh, executive official, Gary, um, what can, you know, uh, two years from now, you know, a veterans got a lot of capability. You all are starting to implement uh, uh, telemedicine, uh, blue button, I guess, is a few years old, you know, what can a, a veteran expect, you know, uh, in, in the next couple of years? What were you guys cooking up over there to take that experience to yet the next level? Well, I think that's, uh, it's interesting that you mentioned that with the telehealth, because that has really been one of the predominant motivators behind what's been happening within uh, VHA. And, and I just want to put this in perspective, too. We also have VBA, NCA, and they are massive. The benefit what are VBA and MCA for those that may not know? Oh, uh, Veterans um, Benefits Administration, uh, National Cemetery Administration. So, I mean, we, it's, again, soup to nuts kind of capability set for to meet the needs of the veteran. But what I would say is that all part of that and essential to that is, and these were some of the themes that were mentioned, what we're looking at internally within the VA is um, how can we use behavioral analytics to understand the behaviors across the IoT, IOMT environment? Mm -hmm and then be able to reconcile that information to determine, is there a threat? Is there an issue? Is there a risk? And then put this in context within what's happening within, within all the infrastructure that we have that constitutes this apparatus of ISCM capabilities that, are, that we're using to help assess our environment. And this is particularly true as we move out on the EHR initiative with, D, with DOD. We've gotta understand what is happening within the environment and be able to report it and respond to it accordingly. I think that that's really one of the major focus areas for the department. So from the, from the veterans perspective, they can continue to rely upon the fact that the VA is protecting their data in as optimum way as, as it's humanly possible with as many tools and capabilities as that we can bring to bear to do precisely that. And we're continuing to push the envelope to the next level through the use of innovative um, capabilities and behavioral analytics. And I would just say, you make a good point. I want to call out uh, not just the veterans, but certainly their families that get involved in these benefits. And of course, the, uh, uh, the burial and burial services. And I would just uh, point out, if, you, if you've never been to a military burial service in a veterans facility, is one of the most solemn and, and moving experiences you'll ever have. So hats Agreed. off to all of you. <clears throat> James, how about at SBA? I know there's a lot of activity going on over there. Uh, you guys uh, went from uh, from 100 miles an hour to 1,000 miles an hour uh, and probably learned a lot from that as well. What can one expect? What can a small business owner expect over the next year or so as you all continue to, 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 uh, to improve the goods and services even better than you're doing today? So one of the, the, the big initiatives that um, was started under the CIO Maria wrote with the respect and approval from the various administrators um, and it's being carried through with uh, a new CIO, Keith Bluestein, it's 
improving the small business experience, their, the customer experience when they interact with SBA. Right. So that's, that's, that's the, the really big drive, a uh, big initiative that is, is ongoing uh, throughout the agency. From a security perspective, it's, it's, it's all about you know, us getting to automation. I, I love a good football analogy. So what, what makes a, a cornerback great? The ability to read, react, stay on the hip pocket of a receiver so that you, know, you can knock down that ball. Now imagine that ball is a risk. It, it needs to become automatic in your, in your mind to say, hey, the ball's in the air, I need to go swat it down or intercept it. That's where automation comes into play. Automation to, to me is that good cornerback. That's the big push that we, we need to do is lever CDM to get to really solid automation to not only have beautiful dashboards, but respond to threats in there real time. And, and, and ultimately improve that customer experience. I love the fact that you're highlighting that. I really do appreciate it. Appreciate everything you're doing over there. Kevin, um, you've laid out a whole bunch of activities over there. What's the next chapter to this journey? What can we expect from the CDM program over the next year or two years? So one of the things I want to just close and, and highlight is uh, a key value of the CDM program is partnership. Uh, everything that we've done, everything that we're going to do in the future is going to be in partnership with our agency uh, partners as well as with our industry partners. Uh, the folks here on, on this uh, session, on this panel, as well as our many other partners uh, throughout the federal agencies and, and within industry. Uh, in, in working with, with all these partners, uh, our, our key, as I mentioned uh, throughout, is in FY21 to really achieve the promise of CDM as we originally set out. We want to get the new dashboard in place that is scalable, that is high performance, that is flexible, uh, that has better visualization capabilities to help the agencies, as Jim had mentioned, with, uh, uh, or, or uh, it's been mentioned many a time, uh, with risk management, getting in front of the risk, understanding the risk. Uh, associated with getting that new dashboard in place, uh, we also want to ensure that the data quality coming up from the sensors and the scanners is there. It's being reported in a timely fashion. And then uh, also in 21, operationalizing that data. Uh, again, showing the promise of CDM, helping the agencies understand uh, what their security posture is, which is a key component of risk, uh, so that they can uh, continue to uh, reduce their attack surface, continue to uh, improve their overall cybersecurity posture, so that at the end of the day, uh, we can get in front of the threat, get in front of the adversary, and, and keep them uh, away from our most critical data our most critical mission areas. Fantastic. And I really appreciate the wrap up there. Uh, super exciting to see that. And I think we're all looking forward to uh, realizing this dream uh, that you've just laid out for us in 2021. Uh, well, that's going to wrap it up for us. And I, I want to really thank all of the, uh, the, the guests on today's show for taking the time from their busy schedules to join us for this program. I'd also like to thank the sponsor for supporting us on the show. I'd like to thank the good people here at Federal News Network that make our program so successful and enjoyable. And most of all, I'd like to thank you, the listening audience that tune in every month. You're listening to the Federal Executive Forum, part of the Federal News Network. Thank you for listening to the 2020 Federal Executive Forum series on Federal News Network, proudly celebrating 15 years. This show was produced by the Treza Media Group. If you missed any portion of this show, you can listen to the show in its entirety and on demand at federalnewsnetwork.com.